Hey there, AJ here. Thank you so much for clicking on this video and watching my interview with Mr. Roz Slaughter. So in today's podcast episode, uh, I interview Roz Slaughter. Roz is a good friend of mine. He's a gym owner. He's a business consultant. He's a motivational speaker. He speaks to children, kids, children and kids. Not, not really children, more like teenager, adolescents. People who are looking to, uh, you know, maybe do more with their life. So um, I always love chatting with Roz. When we actually recorded this episode, it was maybe a few days after the whole George Floyd thing. So you can, you can, you know, tell by some of the conversation we're having there, uh, um, that's happening there. You know, that that's very fresh for for both of us. Um, but there's a lot of nuggets on like having your business endure finding purpose in your in your life and and seeking status or or maybe not seeking status and seeking just fulfillment and joy and happiness so i it's actually you know generally a lot of times i get people on and we'll talk about tactics like here's the new hack or whatever this one was a little bit more about awareness and about like who are you and what are your goals for your life and like who are you really what's actually important and you can see that reflected in this interview here um, as always Roz does drop some very helpful valuable tips for business owners um, just because it's kind of his nature he can't not offer value on how to thrive uh, not just survive during this uh, you know crazy time we're having right now in the US in uh, 2020 so I hope you find it valuable thank you so much for watching and enjoy oh what's up there you go. You got some whiskey behind you, baby. Oh, oh you know it. How you doing, man? I'm good. And yourself, brother? Are you Are you good? You seem a little You seem a little down. Really? Normally, normally you go boom right away. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what did I do? Did... <laughs> nah, nah, really. Um, did I, guess I forget I'm our gonna... anniversary or something, man? Like, what's going on? <laughs> you know what? You know what it is. What is it? You didn't send me flowers. Ah, <laughs> true. I used to send you flowers all the time. And you know, said, you, you know, I got comfortable. That's what happens when you when the relationship gets to a certain length. You, you get just, comfortable. You follow through. You get a little fat. You get a little un, un <laughs> unthankful. That sounds like me for sure right now. Uh, you know what? What are you doing? What have you been up to right now with the way everything is? Um, and, and feel, you know, are you, are you working? Are you, you said you're not taking clients. Um, where's sort of your energy been focused right now? So um, my energy has been 100% focused on creating rosflutter.com, my personal brand. Um, so it's really about uh, me helping young students overcome their challenges with their mindset and, and equipping them with the ability to see the world as it is, not worse than it is, but also being able to take those opportunities that we have with the current social media and technology and things and utilize it as a positive thing, not as a negative thing. A lot of them are really struggling with, you know, bullying and, and self-esteem issues and things. Um, mm -hmm. And it's been a lifelong dream for me to really go in that direction. And like totally yourself, true. for so many years, I was focused on chasing uh, the money. And I was so focused on building the businesses in the fitness world that I never, I kept saying, I'll get to this, I'll get to this. And yeah. the, every year that I said I was going to get to this, a little bit of me was dying inside. Mm, interesting. <laughs> um, why, why do you think it was like, why are you dying? Did you feel like you would never do it? Or, or were you just missing that sort of connection and giving back and contribution? 
Well, it, I guess it, it's it's two parts. One, um, it's not so much the contribution. I was the eighth grade kid that I'm writing and I'm looking to connect with going into mm -hmm. high school, feeling um, different, feeling lost, feeling self low self-esteem. And I, I kept saying, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And you know, when you keep saying you're going to do something, other opportunities came up. Oh, I could go do this. Oh, I could go on this. Oh, we should, we launched this. And then before you know it, um, I, there's only 24 hours in a day. Um, I believe in balance and I was working and I was never putting any effort or energy towards this project. Okay. Well, that's awesome. I know you've talked about that for a long time. And what do you think for you, is it kind of like you're coaching a past version of yourself? Do you find that that's what you're doing when you're mentoring these kids? Or do you feel like it's more like, yeah, is that what it is? Absolutely. You know, at, okay. It's not so much, it's, it's not coaching them. It's yeah. allowing them to live through me um, sure. and my story and my journey so that mm -hmm. they don't have to make the mistakes, um, hit the walls and the challenges that I did. Um, so if mm -hmm. I can help one child who's entering into eighth, ninth, 10th, 11th, 12th grade, navigate without having to get to his senior year and have to take his 10th grade and his senior year English final in the same week in order to walk across the stage. Um, mm -hmm. And the reason being is that mainly I had poor habits. I didn't know, I didn't choose to be a good student. I didn't have mm -hmm. any role models. Um, I didn't know what success really meant outside of a nice car or a watch or a baseball hat, you know? So like, I had, I didn't have any guidance. So this is kind of like the success manual for young adults who may not have mentors and role models or have the greatest upbringing, but this is going to give me the opportunity to give that tool, the tools and strategies to them. Got you. What do you think, um, what do you think that these kids are missing and what are you hoping that they learn? Great. Um, I don't think they're missing anything. What I think they, what they is, is what they don't, they don't have available to them on a daily basis. Cause we all have everything we need inside of us. They don't need me to tell them anything other than they just need me to point out, Oh, you should try it this way. You can go this way. Here's what I've done. We learn through stories. So if I can share my story of all of my triumphs and, and you know, tribulations in my life, they can navigate and, and make their own information. Oh, you know what? I like what Raj did there. Or I won't do that. Or I'll do that. And that's what my, my mission is all about. I mean, it's not me, you know, becoming a, a lecturer and say, you must do it this way because I think it's that way. No, right. I don't want to be anyone's idol. I just want to be someone's guiding light. Mm, interesting. It's a little different than most, I feel like, motivational people. <laughs> um, I don't want to put you in a bucket. I just, I find you motivational personally, and uh, you seem to give that energy to others as well. Um, what, have you done some of these talks with kids before? I feel like you said you have. I have, yes. I've spoken uh, many times at schools. Um, yeah. I've done it, you know, um, at churches. I've done it at Chamber of Commerce. So I've done a lot of it, but it was never, it was kind of far in, in between. And a lot of it was just off the cuff. It, did, it wasn't systematic. Now I'm bringing it so that I can really reach and make an impact. Yeah, you didn't, maybe you didn't have like, I know a lot of public speakers, motivational speakers, keynote speakers, they'll have like one to like 10 preloaded speeches, depending on the situation. Are you more on that and less of like Gary Vee where he kind of just shows up and sometimes we'll just start talking and because and, he's skilled at that um, or so he claims I mean I, I don't know why he would lie about that but he says a lot of times he doesn't have anything prepared 
he just kind of goes up there. Is that how you were doing it? And now you have kind of preloaded or is it? No, I was, I was always prepared. Um, okay. um, so I never went, just pulled it from the, you know, from my gun belt and be like, oh, sling it and throwing it against the wall. Sure. But um, I did, I do have a message now more. It's, it's, it's now that at, at 42, I'm able to look back at my life as I, I'm writing my book, you know, and, and I'm looking back and I'm going through these stories and I'm like, you know what, there are things that I did well. And there are things that I could have done better. And if I would have had this, so uh, it's really my overall arching message is discipline. I, I truly feel that discipline is the key to success in everything you do. And if you can create discipline in young adults at an earlier age where they don't see it as something that's about rules that they need to rebel and break, but more a way, they, a way of living and a mindset so that they can navigate life and, and take on things that, you know, oh, I can see this. This is happening right now. This is rioting. Things are going. Why is this happening? And, and really, go, oh, use their mind, not just <laughs> laugh about it or just see a small microcosm of what the social media is sharing with them or putting out there. Interesting. Help. I, I, I'm not. <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm disciplined. I'm more disciplined. I wouldn't consider myself a super disciplined person. Um, would you consider yourself now very disciplined, right? Like as you are today? Um, yes, absolutely. Um, I would say that um, I'm, and, and this is a, this is an evolution. Um, I can say that this, this evolution started probably in my late twenties. Um, and, and I started evolving and, and understanding the power. Now, have I always been a hundred percent dialed in? I mean, as a bodybuilder, you had to be disciplined. I mean, when I got on stage, I knew that there couldn't be cheat days in between me getting on stage right. or I was going to get fluffy and, and look like an idiot. Um, mm -hmm. You know, running a business, you knew that you had to show up for people every single day. So I developed my discipline. And then when I realized the power of it, I cater it to my lifestyle and my goals now. Okay. What, um, what are the main habits that changed for you in your late 20s that, you know, led to you being more disciplined? So, and I'm not going to ask a question I wouldn't answer. I had a challenge of like, I would, I would hang out with toxic people, right? Not to say that they're bad, but to say for me, they brought out the worst part of me, right? Um, I would spend a lot of my time watching junk TV, which I feel like negatively affected my mindset. I would spend my weekends drinking a lot of alcohol, eating a lot of junk food, which I like, I almost think they're equal sometimes. Right. <laughs> um, and, um, and so for, for me, when, uh, cause I think we have a similar path. I started to develop better habits when I decided I wanted my gyms to not suck anymore in terms of financially and, and also in the fulfillment of the service that they were giving people. And so I had a mentor who was like, look, like, why do you think your gym suck if your lifestyle sucks, you know? And I'm like, oh, that's a good point, right? And so I, I was waking up, you know, at three so that I could do like meditation, read a book, gratitude journal, all this stuff, exercise sometimes. I'd work out at 3 a.m. or 4 a.m. right before people came in at five. And all those things I, I would attribute largely, I mean, strategy and tactics are fine, but like those things attributed to my success in that business and in many other businesses. So like for me, one of the biggest things was more of a removal of bad habits and then layering in a couple of good morning habits. What did that look like for you? Um, it started out just setting rules. I, I had to understand um, being a, a young adult, I didn't, I didn't set my rules. So like any, it, I didn't have, my grandmother took care of me, so I didn't have a curfew. 
Um, I didn't have, you know, I didn't have any rules with going to school. I went to school, but I went there to wrestle. I didn't go there to learn. Um, so mm. like when I was there, I was socializing. And then I look back, when I look back at my life, I said, you know what, Roz? Um, and listening to people like Jim Rohn, you know, you are mm. the sum of the five people that you hang around. If you hang around with garbage, you start to smell like it. And so yeah. I started to say to myself, what do I need to do to match and mirror successful people? Well, the first thing I developed was the ability to read. Um, I, I struggled in reading all through high school, early mm. college years, didn't understand that I had a, a reading disability or, you know, what they, we could call it, but it was just, mm -hmm. I didn't practice. I started to practice and read more books, got better at it. And then the, the more I read, the more I started to acquire success, whether it be, I was able to articulate myself and communicate with clients. And then I was able to get a job that gave me, paid me well. And then I had the aha moment that, oh, I can start my own business. So these are some of the things when I set rules, it allowed me to have a guiding GPS system for success. And, and then when and I, you, so I think that rules are necessary for success. People don't like them and they want to break them, but you get to make your own rules for your own goals. I, I agree with, first of all, I love everything you said, but I agree with you. I, I think part of the challenge, uh, what, what I love that you said as a motivational personal growth person is that they're not the same for everybody. I've, uh, I've hired, you know, different, um, personal growth gurus to help me. And one of the challenges I had is they kind of just gave me their system, which worked for them. And I'm like, this doesn't really work for me. Right. And it was a little disappointing. Um, and it's not that there's anything wrong with that person or what they're doing, but you know, if you find something that's amazingly magical for you, right. It's kind of like being a trainer. I mean, I know that's our background, so we have that bias, but like when you find a program that really works for you, you're like, tell everybody to do it. You tell your clients to do it. And then like when it doesn't work for them, you're like, well, you're, you're probably just doing it wrong when maybe it's because you're a man and your client is a woman or your client is older than you or younger than you, right? Or more stressed, doesn't have the time to commit to it. And so I think that's a, a super helpful part of personal growth is that like the rules are different. Like you need rules and discipline, but they're different depending on who you are and what your outcome is, right? People have different outcomes for their life. And it doesn't like your outcome or my outcome or XYZ person's outcome isn't better or worse. It's just for us, it's different, right? The, the, everything we're doing is sort of like, I hold the view that the world's a little bit of a playground, right? I'm a little more Alan Wattsy in my views. And uh, <laughs> where, um, you know, you're just here to do whatever you want. I mean, you may feel called to it, but it's also like, do what lights you up, right? It's not, yeah. you're not here for that long. And um, getting caught in status games, I almost, um, status games really, I think, are gonna be hopefully a like a, con uh, a consequence and a, like this unspoken thing that will maybe go away over time. Um, because I really think it can cause, it certainly caused me pain. And I know it causes a lot of our friends and colleagues pain as well. Um, people who should be loving their life, you know? Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, what do you think about um, the people who are, not, not even the people, let's say the philosophy of like manifesting. I'm going to go Southern California woo-woo on you, okay? Because um, I have my own opinions, right? But I, I want to know what yours are, for real. Is like, what do you think of these people who say you can manifest riches or love or purpose in your life if you meditate and or listen to positive affirmations and or write in a journal like what do you think about that do you think that that is true do you think it 
it is all bullshit? Is it somewhere in the middle? Where in the middle does it fall for you? So um, I, I would have to say that I believe in manifestation, but here's what I don't believe in. I don't believe in staying in my fucking room and thinking, oh, you know what? The car is just going to magically end up in my garage. The house is going to be built for yeah. me and my bank account is going to get filled. So mm -hmm. I believe that there's work with manifestation. So you got to have the mindset to put yourself in a state so that you can do the work necessary to acquire the things you want and acquire the people that you want to be attracted to. Um, in my life, you know, I've manifested many things. Um, I live my, I live a great life right now and I'm really grateful for the life that I'm privileged to live. But when I look back at it, my wife and I were looking at a, uh, an old journal that I wrote years ago. And it said, I want to have a three bedroom house, two car garage. I want to have a nice backyard. And, and when I look back at this, I'm like, holy shit, we live in that house. Mm -hmm. But if I didn't create that thought in my mind's eye, I would never would have put the work in to actually own it today. And mm -hmm. that's the chance. Now, there are a lot of people who want you to believe that manifesting is just thinking and praying or whatever. Here's the thing. I anaerobic. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah I'm, I'm yeah. not into that because I just don't believe that that's going to happen for all of us. And if someone's mm -hmm. selling you on that, huh, you run as fast as you can. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. I, I think for the most part, I would agree with what you said. Um, I, I have a challenge with people selling it. Like, I, who, who I, like who's somebody I don't have a challenge with is like maybe Bob Proctor, which some people have a challenge with him. But the reason I don't have a challenge with him is because he actually built a successful multi-million dollar company and then started teaching people how to manifest millions with meditation and all this stuff. So to me, you know, even if it was coincidence or whatever, if it's um, uh, positive, what's, what's the, what's the word I forget when it's like a, like a positive bias, um, uh, shit, when you're thinking about, you're looking for something in your day-to-day -day life, right? So like, mm -hmm. if you're looking for all the good things in your day-to-day -day life, you're likely to find it. Man, yep. I can't think about it. I'm a little more airy fairy right now because I haven't been eating as much. Um, but I, uh, <laughs> but anyway, it's like I don't have a challenge with him because he actually did it, right? So he's not full of shit. I have a challenge with you know people whose only thing that they've used to make revenue or money for their life is um, how to make millions with meditating or you know whatever woo stuff or mm -hmm. gratitude journaling. Like I have a little bit of a challenge with that, and I do think some of it is you know, you're, you're looking like if you're, if you start meditating every day, you're going to look for good things in your life. Now, I think that's a good habit to have. Like, it's just a good mm -hmm. habit, but it doesn't necessarily mean that magical person's course worked. It means you were looking for positive in your life, which is a more helpful way to think. But sometimes we get bought into that system and then we get more money and more money. And we, we Dude, I, I mean, I'm sure you were guilty. I, I know I was guilty of it as an Early on in my entrepreneurial, in my business life, I was looking for every guru. I was buying every course that I could afford. Um, and when I couldn't afford the course, I was like saving up for the course. And yes. I thought, you know, I was part of that $2,000 course where everyone's selling. And, and then I realized that, A, they were selling me the same shit that I already knew. I could go to the library of Barnes and Nobles and get the information. And if I really just did the work of one book, one course, I would have been successful. And I stopped chasing unicorns and started to focus on the skill sets I needed to acquire to become successful. 
So a lot of times people just don't want to do the work. And I, I think that that was me at one point. And that's mm-hmm. why this passion to instill, you know, some positive mindset skills to young adults is exactly why it's, I'm so passionate about it, you know, because AJ, it's, it's so funny how we all go on this trajectory. You know, you've had super success. You've been in success magazine, all these things. And then you just come in, we just hang out and talk like this. And we, this, if we weren't recording this, we'd have the same conversation, which is awesome. And, you know, and when I think about it, it's like you said, you know, what the disciplines, one thing came to my mind I wanted to share is that for a while I was chasing all the things I thought were important, followers, how many, how much money I made. I'd love that everybody was like, oh, I'm doing this per month. Now I couldn't, I, I would get disgusted if I share things that, because I think that that doesn't really make me who I am today. You know, yeah. my wife and I were like, oh, what, I'm, I'm about to buy a new car. And she's like, what are you going to get? Are you going to get another car that I have? You know, and I'm like, no, I'm thinking about getting a truck. I just want a yeah. truck. I want something more practical. You know, I don't want to worry about everywhere I go. Is someone going to steal it? You know? <laughs> you no, know, for or, sure. Or like it, when you have too nice of a car, you got to think about, when you're gonna drive it like it has to be a second car almost yeah. <laughs> you know yeah you know like i, I want to work i'm working on it in my garage now i gotta move my car out of my garage because so these are little things and it's not like something that everyone but we are all going to get to that point where you find out what's important to you and mm-hmm. what's important to me now is just you know having a great life and living in this playground that we get to live in every day and making real connections with people because like you said you know we are not here forever and it could be shorter for some of us, um, like we've seen in society today, you know, and I think that we really got to embrace that and focus on, you know, moving forward positively. Yeah, uh, I, uh, I love everything you just said. I, I think it's interesting because we didn't, we haven't talked necessarily about this part, uh, even though we're, we talk pretty often. And um, yeah, I, I kind of went through that, you know, I, I think a lot of entrepreneurs kind of just start seeking certainty. You know, they just want, they just want to be able to live their life. And, and then sometimes they're like, oh, if I can get this, you know, why can't I get a little more? And then you reach a point where you're just like financially certain. And, and then you're, what I've found, at least for myself and you, and then maybe other uh, of our, of our mutual either colleagues or people who run in these circles is they seem to then chase sort of like status or, or clout or whatever. Right. And that is, that can help for a little bit, but once you've, you know, gotten a certain level of it, it's a little bit like, well, what now? I remember talking to a good friend of mine who, you know, we had both sort of risen to, to building like seven figure companies around the same time uh, for the first time, right? Because I, I had sold seven figures in my gyms, but over the course of years, right? Of a couple of years and, and multiple locations. So like, that doesn't really like, that's not like I built a million dollar gym and I had had $80,000 months. That also is not a million dollar gym. You know, that's an $80,000 mm-hmm. gym, you know, hopefully more. Yep. <laughs> and I, um, and so I did this with my, with my other stuff. And I kind of like was talking to my friend, like I'm talking to you uh, on zoom and we were just kept catching up and I'm like, well, what do we do now? You know, li- literally I was like, what now? I remember I had a long time ago when I was first starting personal growth stuff, I wrote all my outcomes and and dreams on little post-it notes. I'm actually in Chicago right now in my folks' home, which is why I have a a boring gray background. Um, And in my old bedroom from when I was a kid, I put those post-it notes. Because when I started my gyms, I lived here. I was, was, you know, because I didn't have 
money. And I was like, I'm going to live here and open my gyms. And almost all the goals I had written on those post-it notes had been accomplished. And I had forgotten about some of them. Yes. There were some financial ones. There were like, I want to be featured on XYZ website. And I forgot I wrote those things down. And, um, you know, I, it was, it's interesting how much power there is in just committing to like focus, paying attention. Um, but it's also like, you know, some of those things are really nice. Like money is nice always, but like the rest of it is like, who cares? You know, <laughs> me, for me personally. And it, it's, it's more like about seeking, you know, enjoying the time I exist here instead of trying to be viewed as a king while I'm here. Uh, for me personally. And so um, anyway, uh, that just, you just reminded me of it. And because I'm here, it's a little bit more resonant at the moment. That's cool. And you know, what's crazy about what you just said there, that awakening for you is what I want. I want eighth graders, ninth graders, 10th graders, seniors Mm -hmm. to experience earlier because Mm -hmm. we, you can go back. I know I can go back to my school when I went to and, and, and I remember I went to, I was an all black kid in an all white school, um, mm-hmm. very affluent on Long Island. I lived in a one bedroom apartment. My bedroom was a quarter of the living room. And my friends, when I was hanging out with them, their fathers owned, you know, all of Long Island or they had part owner of the Long Island Islanders or, you know, mm-hmm. just really affluent. And yeah. I felt so disconnected that I felt that I had to create this facade, this, this exterior that really wasn't who I was. So whether that was being a bully, whether that was me saying stupid things in class and clowning off, being too intimidated to actually ask a teacher. And then, you know, and what you just said there, you, you, you just wanna be now. I wish I would have known how to just be me then because then I could have truly been successful, enjoyed that process of my life rather than kind of hide in something else that I wasn't. You know, I had to go back and apologize to people for being a mm. true asshole to them because I, that's not who I am today, Right. you know? And when you, and then there's people who see me today and they're like, Roz, I love you. I love this shift that you had. And, and, this, and, and I'm like, the truth be told, I was always the same person. I was just scared to be that person. Yeah, you know? wow. That's, that, first of all, that's awesome to see. I didn't know that. I didn't. I didn't know that about you. And it's uh, it uh, it hits me in the in the heart. I feel a little more compassionate, like I said, the past month or so, um, which is surprising. I think it might be the the meditating or or I've been trying to eat more vegetables and stuff too. So I don't mm-hmm. know if that helps. Um, but it's it's helpful, and I I think it's the biggest opportunity, even objectively with data. Like the best thing we can do is educate children right and and educate women right in the world if we're talking worldwide and not just like um learn the things you know memorize answers but learn how to think learning how to think about things and why um is a is just a more helpful way to be and so i love what you do and what you're where it seems like you're headed because that's going to have, not that you're chasing some sort of status, but that's going to have a large impact on the world. Because if all you did was talk to a hundred kids a year, which isn't that many, right? It's like one or two talks, right? Probably half a talk, you know, (laughs) Um, is it's going to have a massive impact on what everything else is going to look like. And people can be, they can live a little bit more without pain and without reaching 
without um, lack, you know? So I think that's great, man. Um, it's going to be quite uh, quite a shift for you. What do you think? Not a huge shift, though. What do you think, you know, what's sort of the dream with this new, you know, I, I know you've been talking about this. What would sort of your ideal situation be um, with when it comes to the personal growth and the mentoring of, of high school kids? And what would your ideal situation look like? Would you be doing a talk a month? Would you be? Yeah. Um, well, right now, I, I said it. You so with the current um, landscape with COVID-19 and things, things have changed. So originally I, I was going to be, my goal was to do, you know, anywhere between 30 and 50 talks a year. Um, and I wanted to be out on the road doing these because that's where I felt I was going to cut my teeth and really just um, get in the game, you know. Mm -hmm. But now I had to switch up the model a little bit. I'm going to be doing some virtual stuff had oh, to yeah. change up so yeah i mean there's here's the thing the problem hasn't changed it's just mm -hmm. amplified now we have a bunch of kids who are going to be anywhere between six and eight months not have going to school have no positive impact with teachers have nobody to tell them you know here's i love you i care for you i, I this is what you can do in your life because mm -hmm. so many of them aren't getting encouraged at home so many of them aren't don't have a positive role model um, and we in the fitness industry have seen this. I know what the future looks like. And I mean, I've been, one of the things I'm studying is, you know, I'm big into L NLP, but I was dabbling. Oh, yeah. Now I'm actually taking a full on course because mm -hmm. I'm using, using it for myself. But these are mm -hmm. skills that if kids knew, like one skill that I'll share with you, and I know you probably know this already. It's like, but the oh, craziest yeah. thing is that, you know, it's so cool. Just looking at people, nobody is wrong. Nope. The behaviors that they do is just the behavior. It's not who they are. Mm -hmm. So we used to look at people and be like, oh, that guy's a jerk or that guy's arrogant or that guy's this. No, that's just a behavior. And when I stop judging and, I, and I'm able to just look at that person as a human being, the world changed for me. And I want that. I want to be able to bestow that type of energy and knowledge. Now, I know that not every young person is going to listen to me because we didn't. But here's right. what I, I know there is a percentage that when it goes in, it's going to stick. How do I know that? My grandmother had a second grade education. And every day I say something in this house to my son or to my wife that, that she like... taught me. Yeah. And it's crazy. <laughs> it's like, I'm like, wow. And, and then sometimes I laugh and go, oh my God, maybe I was listening. The subconscious is always listening. Yes. You know, um, so I, I think that, you know, when you ask me, like, the goal really is impact. How do I make a really large impact so that I can, you know, wake up every morning and feel excited again? Because, you know, I mean, my fitness businesses, I love them, but they don't excite me the way that I just know how to do them. I'm mm -hmm. unconsciously confident when it comes to my fitness businesses. You know, yeah. um, when for years I was coaching fitness professionals and, I, and I'm one of them and I'll always be a trainer, but I don't really have a passion for hearing about your woes and your marketing and things anymore. Um, mm -hmm. And that's just where it is. But what does excite me is reading books on why the education system is broken, why teachers aren't respected enough, why kids don't understand social emotional learning. They don't have empathy for people. Like I asked my son, I'm like, what do you feel about what's going on right now? And I got a blank stare. Mm. That is just confusing to me. Mm-hmm. You know, and so why why do you think why do you think that's happening? Like, do you think do you think we're desensitized because of 
media or like what do you is that what you think i no, I, I'm no, honestly, no, no, no. I have no it, it, i have no it, clue it, it, i have i don't i don't know i'm like no, i, I can't imagine getting that's a what like, do you think like your you the fact that your son uh gave you a blank st- what do you what do you attribute that to think about this um, and I don't, I'm not one of those guys, oh, the video games and the dangers and the rap music. I'm not, you know, we came up when, you know, NWA and all of that and people yeah. were sensitizing. I don't believe that. But I do believe it desensitizes your emotion. If you're playing guns and killing people every single day, um, mm-hmm. you're, you don't really have a realistic uh, I, reference to what's going on right now. You know, mm-hmm. and it took a lot. My, my wife is super into the news and, and learning about what's current events and politics and things. I'm not so much. Um, and I say that because I believe that the six inches between my ears, I guard very closely. So yeah. that's just my belief. It doesn't make mm-hmm. it right. It doesn't make it wrong. It's just my belief. Um, mm-hmm. But I do think that that has a little bit. And I think it's, I blame some parents. See, I'm mm-hmm. having the, con- hum- the tough conversation. You know, and I'm talking about these things and, you know, and, and if you don't, because you want to ask, and if they say, I don't know, why don't you know? Tell me more, yeah. dig deeper, peel the onion yeah. back. You know, that's what being a parent is today. That's what being a role model is today. And, and we sit here and I, one of my clients, and I'm, I'm rambling a little bit here, but one of my clients is a teacher who has two master's degrees and can't get a job, mm-hmm. can't get a job what are you kidding me she mm-hmm. should school should be rolling out the red carpet for her and i and mm-hmm. and, and but yet we keep we don't value teaching enough that we put like and and when you don't you wonder why we're falling behind in the education system and the country mm-hmm. we're not mm-hmm. we're not a world power anymore and 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 that's it's, it's shocking because we have leaders who believe we are <laughs> I, it is it is no it's uh we're probably the most vulnerable we've ever been right now. And like, <laughs> like it's, uh, it's, it's a little scary. You know, there was a time where you felt the most certain probably being in this country. And right now it feels like, I mean, there's a reason I'm here in, in Chicago. Cause I'm like, before even the protests and the riots, I was worried about that kind of stuff, uh, just happening because people were out of jobs. And Ooh. like, so I was like, I don't, like, what if this, I don't know how long this is going to last here. Um, and it's, it's very fortunate for me because where I live would not have been an awesome place to be during all this stuff. Um, but, or anyway, yeah, I, I think, um, I think it's a, a, an important, it's important work to teach people how to think. Like, I know Neil deGrasse Tyson says that all the time. And I like that, you know, it's not, it's not important that you got the answer right. It's how you came to the answer. And I also love the, and, and I'm going to go a little bit backwards here, but like the idea of like, nobody is right or wrong, right? Necessarily, completely. Um, and it's maybe just their actions or how it's coming out. Um, and I was raised, I don't think I've told you this, or maybe I have, but I was raised super fundamentalist, like Christian religious, um, which I don't have a problem with anybody who is. Okay? Right. Um, but I was raised that way. And most of my life, I was trying to be right. I found myself in conversations and, and discussions of trying to be right. And as my sort of, my own personal belief system sort of deconstructed over the past decade, right? Uh, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't put myself in that category anymore. So I was having a discussion with actually my, my father, because I'm here, 
And I'd have many religious discussions with him growing up. And most of the time I would try to be proving some sort of small thing within, within this, you know, it, it's kind of like one little section, like one little world saying, okay, in this, you know, Christian fundamentalist world, these are the rules. And you'd argue about things like nonsensical things like our yeah. tattoos bad, are gay people bad, right? Those things are important, but like, by, like all sorts of things like that, right? Uh, is, is, is there free will? And it was like you were looking at the world with sort of this lens and these blinders mm -hmm. and, and not actually looking at other worldviews. But I found myself always trying to be correct. And literally a couple days ago, I had a conversation and it was more about, look, I don't really hold super hard to those views anymore. I would maybe, if you wanted to put me in a box, it'd be closer to some sort of Buddhist agnostic mush, right? Um, but I'm not going to tell you you're wrong, nor am I going to tell you to change your worldview at all if you find it helpful and you're not harming anybody from it. And it was like, it was, it was one of those things that afterwards I, I had told my wife about it and she goes, you know, that's like one of the first times you've ever talked to somebody and not had to feel like you were right, you know, and change their mind. And I'm like, that is true, that's interesting. <laughs> um, and I, if, if we spent a little less time trying to make others wrong and a little more time trying to understand, like if I was in somebody else's situation, I would probably make a lot of the choices they make and or have made even horrible decisions and Dude, you're uh, killing it. I'm killing it cool so like I mean I mean just having a little bit of empathy and realizing that like those people like they're not bad or wrong they may be doing something bad or wrong but they are not bad or wrong and I'm not better I might do the same or worse in their same situation it, it can hopefully you know, get us to put down our like bats and our clubs and our torches and have us connect. You know, we're, we're more evolved than most of the animals, or at least I think we are on this planet. We should be able to communicate and see people's perspective and, and go beyond that. Um, but anyway, that's why I love the idea of uh, and what you do with teaching people how to think. I think it will have, um, and again, I'm not, maybe I'm accidentally giving you clout or status, but I think it will be one of the things that have the biggest impact on the future because the more we can understand, the better we'll be to each other, you know? Dude, it's just what we're talking about right here. Two different backgrounds, two different ethnicities. <laughs> Everything's different. Upbringing, you, like you said, fundamentally Christian. I was, I was or you said Catholic, I was Christian but I had no real framework for it. It was just me mm. looking. I went to church looking for guidance, you know, mm. and, and wound up getting baptized and born again and things and so, like that. Yeah. But what I can say is that what's happening today, and, and you know, and we look at where we are, where the civil rights movement started over 50 years ago, and we're still struggling with something so simplistic as humans being humans. We're all the same. When, we, when we're scared, we have an increase in our heart rate. When we're tired, we have to sleep. When we're hurting, we feel pain. The only difference is the pigmentation of our skin and the tone that we speak at times. That's the only difference. And when, and, but yet, people are not willing to just accept that simple presupposition. If, if we just really just said people are human, that would end racism. It would end it. But yet, 
and you mentioned earlier, you know, like when we, you and I both, you know, we've done different things in business. When I start, like, so this business, rosslaughter.com has nothing to do. It will make money because that's what, I'm, a, I'm an entrepreneur, but it's not my focus. So whether I make it or you will never hear me touting about how much this company does or doesn't do because the mission behind it is so much greater than the actual monetization of it. I love that. And I love the clarity, right? Cause like there's there, the businesses have different outcomes. And one of the things that I, and I think we are, we're a little maybe jaded. I don't think we're angry, but a little jaded by the like sort of internet guru world is like, it's one of the only industries in the world where you want to, people to know how much money you make, you know, like it's, it's interesting. The richest, most successful friends I have, like the legitimate multimillionaires, not, you know, a million top line, a million that rich first of all they they never talk about money they have all their social media set to private right and like they're they're just they don't feel the need because they're not selling you know make money right so, so right. it makes sense but the legitimate wealthy people in the world um not to say that gurus are illegitimate maybe some of them are um it, they're not talking about how many how much you know top line revenue they did in the past year in the past couple of years and it's it's just like who, who I, I went through a little bit of a like a, a hard time because i was looking around at all the people in my circle minus you and a few other exceptions right but like and i was like i don't respect most of these people like i like some of them are more successful some of them are less and I have a challenge with that. And I don't want my life to look like theirs, you know? And I, I remember hiring a mentor and I'm like, I don't even want my life to look like yours. I don't know why I would, why I would. Have you ever here. had a mentor tell you something to do something that you knew was against your morals or your ethics? Ooh, I actually wrote this down as a, poten as a potential prompt if we sat here and we had nothing to talk about, which almost never happens with us. But on the <laughs> off chance, like we were both feeling down or something, I had a couple prompts written. Uh, here's, yeah, why don't, why don't we talk about that? Because my prompt was, what are some of like the guru or internet marketer confessions that you were taught that are literally unethical? Um, and I have a list of them. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, I remember... Um, I'll answer it first while you start thinking um, mm -hmm. because I've had crazy things said to me, right? So one of the things I had said to me was I was like, uh, one time when I was selling sort of a marketing strategy, I was like, I don't know if I feel completely ethical about this because you know I learned it from XYZ person. And they're like, well, that person learned it. Uh, so one of my mentors at the time said, who cares? That person probably learned it from somebody else. So that was something that I had a little bit of a challenge with. I actually think it's fine as long as you don't claim it's your own. Right. Yep. So there are, there are people who claim to invent things when really they bought it from somebody else, um, which I don't promise to lie. You know, I had somebody tell me once, why don't you sell a downsell of a course and just make it long enough that nobody can finish it? I was told this. I was told this by a very like well-respected marketer. Right. Um, that was like, Hey, yeah, just put together a course. They only have a 10% completion rate. So even if it doesn't work and they go through it and you have to give a refund, you're still going to keep 90% of the revenue. I was told this, I was told to do uh -huh. that. Um, I was, uh, what, what else was I told? Um, I, I was told, uh, just sell, um, oh, man, I can't remember it. 
I'm, I'm airy fairy right now. I don't know if you got any more or if you, if you have yeah. any. Those were two that stuck in my head. Go ahead. For, for me, it was just inflate everything. Oh, so, yeah. So I just, in, like, I was, I was like, oh, how much is you, how are you making, how much are you doing with your gym? You're, uh, yeah, you're, you're a millionaire. I was like, no, I, that took me three and a half years. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, you're, you, I, I was like, I don't run a seven figure gym. You know, mm-hmm. like, if, you know, and I'm like, but he goes, haven't you done? I was like, yeah, I have, but it's, I haven't had, not in a 12 month calendar year. I, I was told the same thing. I had a mentor tell me once, make the biggest possible claim you can, even if it's not an expected result. So like this mentor had sold a course where the hook, it was sold to basically college kids. <laughs> and the co- the hook was like how to make a $10,000 per month online store, which we're seeing a lot of right now because everybody's trapped at home um, in, in, you know, whatever, I think five days or some, some crazy thing. And he, he taught that, hey, if we can get these people making 100 to $500 a month, they're going to be happy. And I'm like, wait a minute that's 10% of what you promised. Like, and, and so what they, what they often will do is they'll take their exceptions and make it the rule of being yeah. like, well, it's possible. So therefore it is, or, or inflating numbers. Like there are, there are people now who will say, you know, how to build a six figure business because somebody made 10 K in a month or how to build a million dollar business because somebody hit 80 K in one month, 80 K in one month is not a million dollar business. That's a five-figure business and it's very awesome and maybe it shows the potential for a million-dollar business, but it is not a million-dollar business. And a huge claim I have is when people call people who do seven figures top line millionaires. Those are not millionaires. Like, they're, they're just not. Like, more often than not, I saw a guru who was bragging about how he spent 500K and made a million dollars. And I'm like, that fucking sucks. You have fulfillment costs. Like you have like, you have refunds. Like that's your revenue. That's your biggest number you can report. You probably made a couple hundred grand, which is great, but you're not a millionaire. Like, and that's okay too. Like it's okay. Um, I, I get why they do it, but it's, it's more common, I think, in the make money. And unfortunately, fitness Wait, is sort you know of what's crazy? With that. Yeah. It's, it's sorry to cut you off, but it's like, no, go. it's not just the make money niche anymore because it, every niche now, and, and, and we have to blame Uncle Russell for this, you know, every, yeah, every niche now, and I mean, you got people in, like, I want to hire a dog walker. I go to look for dog walkers in my town. She's running a ClickFunnels account, and she's now she's got upsells, downsells. She used to be an awesome service provider, but now you can't mm-hmm. trust her because, like, it's got testimonials. I'm like, I don't even know if you have dogs, you know? Yeah. It's like, and, and, and one of the things, especially in our space, we've seen it. You know, where it's, it's, it became this thing to just build, people stop wanting to help. I know you got into fitness to help people. I love fitness. I love working out. My story is simple. You know, you, some guy told me I couldn't be a personal trainer. I had to be, you know, and, and, and it pushed me and it drove me to overcome that somebody else's story. And, mm-hmm. and, and now I see so many trainers, like if you, I, I, you're my, one of my friends, Alicia, she's got a group. I can't tell you how many people are saying I'm quitting. I'm out. I'm tapping out. I'm it's over. My dream is done. And, and, and I'm like, unfortunately, the reason that your business is done. And it, I heard someone the other day, like, and this guy, he's pissed me off. And he was actually a friend at one point. He's like, Oh, you weren't prepared. Neither was I. 
I wasn't fucking prepared for COVID-19 to come and close down one of my gyms here. Nobody, nobody was prepared. Nobody planned on this. Like it surprised everybody, you know, <laughs> I don't, I think it's a, but he it's was a little shaming pointed. people into saying, Oh, you don't have this much money saved. It's not your business. Your business model is broken. Oh, you, and I'm like, no, that, that most gyms and you coached a lot of gyms more than I have. And what I can say is that you would agree probably with this. Most gym owners have a couple months of, of reserve, but they don't have years of reserve. They, they're not, the business, the, the business model doesn't allow for every small boutique gym to bring in $40,000, $50,000 and be profitable by 30 or 40%. It's just not the way the numbers work. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think, you know, uh, so there is something to like general business practice, right? Like, so as a general rule, if you're running like a small business, so under a million, in my opinion and, and my experience, you know, having six months of savings is probably smart. Um, and really, if you're doing like a million to 10 million, I think having up to a year or two of savings is smart. But you know, that's because you're doing multiple millions. So you can live well below your means and still live luxuriously if you want, or you know, if you have kids and you want something to private school or you need maids, whatever, right? So six months is pretty reasonable. I think the challenge with the Fit Pros, unfortunately, is that it's one of the few businesses you can basically start with almost no capital. Mm -hmm. And so because a lot of fit pros start with like training out of a garage, training out of a basement, training out of the park or, or training in a commercial gym where they basically, once they get paid, cause somebody signed up, they're like, that's my money. And I think the mindset of like, once somebody hands you the money, it's yours is harmful because it's not, it needs to be earned. Uh, that's why if you look at basic accounting, uh, it's, and I'm not an accounting expert, but like even just basic accounting, that's why it's marked as unearned revenue. Unearned revenue is not an asset or cash. It's actually a liability. It's, it's, mm -hmm. a, it puts you at risk, right? So it's like money you have to be careful with. So I, I think, you know, just, and it's not, I don't blame fit pros. Nobody teaches them this. Like even the big gurus don't. The big gurus are usually teaching like how to get 20 clients today, right? And shit like that. And that might be like, that's going to help you right now. And if you're in a financially desperate state, it's, it's appealing, but it's not the long-term thing that's going to support your business. The thing that's going to support your business is being disciplined with your resources and, um, and, uh, and knowing what your actual numbers are. Like people don't know, they don't really. So they're almost running like a month to month freelancer business, you know, where they take any cash they make. They're like, I'm going to, I'm going to spend this. And then yep. when it's a challenge happens, right. It could be a small challenge. Oh, my gym got flooded. Your business is over. Right. And now you're, you're in debt because you have to refund all these people. So I, I, I definitely shaming people is not helpful. It's unfortunate that people are, are tapping out. I think, you know, we'll see, hopefully, you know, some people get inspired and motivated by what's happened and, and improve, but they, they need to care about people like what you said, they just do. And I don't, I personally don't even care if you just want to make the most money, right? Like, and, and you're looking at it as a business, but you become successful by doing a great job with your clients. That's how you become in any business. Like it's not about getting the clients. It's about doing what you promised or, or hopefully more than what you promised. You wouldn't have these financial challenges. You wouldn't need 50 new members a month if the original promise 
you committed to when they signed up, they got, right? They got the results. I had a client one time uh, I, I, I've been working with for years, who you know, I'm not going to mention them because I mentioned them enough, but like they, I had to mathematically go back. I'm like, what if you would have never lost a client? How much money would you be making? And he goes, I'd be making an extra million dollars a year. And I'm like, what would go up? Would your fulfillment go up? He goes, only a little bit. So you could basically have a million dollars if you just did a good job, if you just did a better mm -hmm. job, because he already does a good job. And he goes, holy shit, right? His, his mind is a little broke by that. And I think we got addicted to this marketing. You know, It's immediately fulfilling. It, it's gratifying. Oh, somebody gave me money. And we forgot how real businesses are built, <laughs> which is by doing a good job and making the world a little better in whatever way, whether it's a workout or a diet plan or, you know, what, whatever it is. But yeah, I, it's interesting. I, I wasn't super motivated to talk about fit pros today, but I'm glad we mentioned this because I think it's important and we know fit pros are going to listen to a, a conversation you and I have. So hopefully that's valuable to somebody. Yeah, man. I, you know what it is, is that it, it's, it's, you can't avoid it because it's who we yeah. are. It's, it's in our DNA. Yeah. Like we we're business owners, fit pros, and we've evolved, but the fact of the matter is that the current state that's in, like I'm looking and, and I want, I knew we would touch upon this a little bit and I hope the person who's listening, they can understand that there's gonna be a few things you have to do different post this pandemic. The way we built businesses before that is not gonna work the same. And you have to go back to the roots of how you got started. Most of us got started by being ignorant on fire and passionate about what mm -hmm. we do. And that's how, why people would come far and above to see you burn. And like for us, my, my business right now, it's crazy interesting because I'm, I'm able to watch it while not being there. Like yeah. I, I haven't been there, you know, and, and, and I won't even go to New York because there's just, I'm not going to go to a hot spot, you know? Sure. But I travel at all, really. Yeah. No, not at all. But yeah. what I will say is that watching my clients now, we're, we're about to be able to reopen. Um, all they want is three simple things. One, they want communication, they want to connect with us, and they want to know certainty that we're gonna take care of them. That's all they want. And, and we let them know that through consistent communication. Since this mm -hmm. has started, I've gotten back in the game, I'm in my favorite private Facebook group, yeah. I'm doing things that are not, that I wasn't doing before. I was allowing other people to do, but the fact of the matter is the heartbeat is me. So, uh, you know, so I had to get back in there. I'm sharing what I'm eating. I'm sharing my journey, my personal journey, you know, whether it's meditation or going on a 10 day cleanse, this is what brings people together in these times. They need to have a leader and I'm leading from the front, not watching. And I think our country needs leaders. I think our small governmental, you know, local officials need to be leaders and step up. Because this time, like we were saying, not only from a school system, but we just are all like divided. And it's all, if you're red or if you're bright, blue, it doesn't yeah. matter. You know, mm -hmm. we're at the end of the day, you know, if we're going to get through this year, I mean, I know we all had huge, I had huge goals. 2020, oh, this is a new one. This is awesome. Then I'm like, mm -hmm. wow. So I'll leave you with this. I just, I declared that I'm going to make 2020 my bitch. And what I meant by that mm -hmm. is that it's, I'm not going to allow what's happened to dictate my energy or my positivity or my goal setting. I'm moving mm -hmm. forward. And I just would love to inspire anyone who's watching this to do the same because it is the six inches between your ears 
that will allow you to create success. And it starts with you. Love it, man. I, I agree with you 100%. I think, you know, there's always a massive opportunity. Anytime financially, right? So like are people listening because they want business advice, right? Like people will make excuses during any climate, any economic climate. And right now, somebody is going to be a millionaire in the next couple of years. Somebody is right now is making a business and uh, more than one person. And so that person could be you. And maybe your goal isn't millions. Maybe it's less. Maybe it's more. Maybe it's you want to be, like there are people who are going to grow and accomplish their goals right now. And they're not going to let the downturn in the economy dictate what happens to them, right? There are different opportunities shift. And it doesn't mean you have to throw your hands up and give up. And it, it just means you may have to, you, you may have to look at it a little differently and, and look at things how your customer would look at things. And I think that you're going to be able to answer their needs, right? Um, whether it's a gym or, or any other business. So um, yeah, I think, you know, that's about an hour, which is cool. And that way I've uh, honored and respected your time. Do you want to, um, if, if somebody's watching and or listening to this, because I'm going to do a video, even though I look uh, not awesome. Maybe I'll do a background of like sharks or something. Um, and then, uh, but uh, if somebody wants to, you know, connect with you more, Mr. Slaughter, or maybe they, there's somebody who has, uh, you know, is an, an superintendent or a dean at a school who wants to hire you, where would, it, where would they go? Yeah, man. So the best place is Facebook forward slash, facebook.com forward slash Coach Roz. And then my website, rozslaughter.com, R-A-H-Z last name slaughter just like the house.com awesome thanks so much for being here man i really appreciate it appreciate you brother thank you hey thank you so much for watching slash listening to this podcast i hope you found it valuable and helpful if you did find it valuable go ahead and check uh you know like subscribe follow the podcast the youtube channel it would really mean a lot let me know down in the comments below what was the most valuable for you. And as always, I will see you next week. If you want to check out Rod Slaughter, go to rodslaughter.com or check him out on Facebook. Uh, you know, just throw it in the, in the search bar and you'll find him pretty easily. And we'll also link it in the description for the podcast and the YouTube. Um, go ahead and hit subscribe if you want to watch something else. Uh, another podcast episode, I will connect the playlist of all the podcast episodes I have over here. Thanks so much and I'll see you next time.